0: And joining me right now here on the Mark Moses show to go to the latest on the Florida Gators here for Thursday. He's a good friend David Soderquist with high top sports david how you doing today
1: good mark uh just as as much as I always like to talk about the weather every time we we introduce each other. It's been really really cold <laughs> freezing down here. It's been about like ten degrees and pretty sure it's uh Probably not bearable for Florida, uh, I guess, residents down there probably being right around, probably what, the 30s or so? Uh,
0: about 50, 60. I'm in Central Florida, so I, I have it nicer than Gainesville, if that's what you're wondering. Yes. Let's go over. Yes, yes. Let's go over the latest on the Gators from the standpoint. Billy Napier, as we enter the off season, made some changes with the coaching staff. What's the latest on this, David?
1: Yeah, uh, actually what was just introduced there was Ron – right he's our, uh the, the new executive uh, i guess he has an executive title now uh but he's part of the co-dc linebacker there coming over there from auburn um uh, a guy that you know really i mean if you look at auburn their their offense obviously was not the best um when you kind of look around college football but like when you go and look at their defense i mean they were in some games like if you uh just go back to this year, playing Georgia, playing Alabama, some of those other difficult tasks that they had against of course they got blown out by New Mexico State and uh got Maryland uh in the bowl game there. But like if you look at kind of how their defense played throughout the year, it kept them in a lot of games, even though they could not get an offense going. Um so I think that's a good addition for Florida right there, especially with the struggling defense that you had and you know, you you you've got uh guys that are entering the portal going over to A and M in your backfield and you're bringing in new guys now for the new coach, I think that bodes well really for Florida. because Florida struggled a lot in defense last year, uh, being ranked 100, 120th in some categories. So I think any kind of addition to the defense is, is really, really good. You also got new strength and conditioning coaches coming in here from the NFL. Uh, so, you know, Mark Hockey uh, was, was rumored to be leaving the University of Florida. Apparently they're going to keep him there at the University of Florida and kind of play a little bit of a support role for the new strength and conditioning coach coming over and uh you know I, I you look at some of the problems that florida had last year uh strength and conditioning wise you know with the tackling and you know you go back and you look at some of the games like kentucky where kentucky was just ray davis was just running through players and and you know that the tackling was really really terrible a lot of that stuff does have to go with strength and conditioning i think with the new strength and conditioning coach they've added um I think that will – I've already talked to one of the players. Um, uh won't mention his name because he told me to remain anonymous, but he even said that the workouts are different. They're doing more heavier lifting and uh, less of the, I guess – I don't even know what Mark Hockey is doing, but less of the, I, I guess, cardio-based workouts and more of like the heavy lifting and kind of getting their strength up. So that's really, really good to hear.
0: All right, well, that is exciting. Were you shocked, though – no offensive coordinator, play calling. That's all still going to be Billy Napier, right, David?
1: As far as we know, yes. I know uh, Marion Brennan's name has been thrown around. Uh, Willie Korn's name was being thrown around. As of right now, uh, you talk to anybody on the OC front, you ask around the staff, you ask around the building, nobody is, is nobody's giving you names, but they're also not saying that there is going to be one or if there's not going to be one. I know that uh, DJ Lagway was being interviewed, I believe, a couple of weeks ago and they had asked him about, like, you know, who's going to call plays, or a play-calling question got brought up, and he said, to his knowledge, he knows Billy Napier is going to call the plays when he's there. So um, <laughs> I guess there could be some speculation there as to whether they will get an OC or not, but right now it doesn't look like it.
0: Did the Gators pick up another quarterback for 2024?
1: They did pick up Clay Millen, quarterback from Colorado State. Uh, this guy was a former top-250 quarterback. Um Coming over here, kind of playing, I guess, sort of a backup role, you know, with with the departures that we had at quarterback. I mean, you really only have two quarterbacks in that room. Is that Lagway and Graham Mertz? So picking up a PWO quarterback plus Clay Milton at quarterback at Colorado State. uh, Really, he has decent stats. I would say he's not one of those guys that just uh, the numbers are going to jump off the tape, but it is a guy that is a productive quarterback with about a 60% completion rating and uh, did decently well over there for Colorado State. Now he'll be in the fold, uh, obviously, in the quarterback competition in the spring here with D.J. Lagway and Graham Mertz. So, uh, you know, adding some quarterback depth, you needed it, especially after the attrition that you had at quarterback and mm-hmm. Jack Miller going hitting the portal. Uh, you, you really needed to bolster that quarterback room and get some depth in there. So that's kind of where Florida has, has gone on, on that
0: side of the football. Is it good that they're having depth at, at the quarterback position then?
1: Uh, you know, in, in a way, it is. I mean, I guess, uh, it, obviously, if Mertz goes down, you're relying on a true freshman to uh to throw the football. Now, can you can you make up the question that says, hey, you know, Lagway Max Press Player of the Year, Gatorade Player of the Year, Bobby Dodd Trophy winner, which is like the high school Heisman. Uh, you know, all those accolades that add up uh, is very very rare for a quarterback to have those types of accolades. It's it just as one person. Um, is, is, is DJ Lagway better than the two guys that you brought in from the portal or better than the walk-on that you brought on? Um, I don't know what the, if the question remains there, is, is DJ Lagway college ready? I mean, we got to see a little bit of him in the Under Armour All-American game, but he did get hurt in that second, that second quarter, and we didn't really see much of him the rest of the game, and he sat out, which I don't blame him. Obviously, it's a, it's a meaningless Under Armour game. It's something that you play to, you know, just for fun at the end of the year. Uh, he, he did wind up being okay, though, so it's not a major injury. But does uh, he, does he beat out the quarterback competition in that room? So that's going to be very interesting to see, you know, whether Florida takes their chances on a inexperienced quarterback that came, you know, highly regarded at a high school. Or they rely maybe on, you know, Clay, Clay Milton there, a quarterback from Colorado State. Uh, it, it's going to be pretty interesting there in the spring. And obviously you got the spring portal period, too. So if things may not work out there, at quarterback, or maybe if they want to get another scholarship quarterback on there instead of like, kind of like a walk-in quarterback, they can go that way as well.
0: Are you secretly yeah. rooting for Lagway to beat everyone out, then start day one? <laughs>
1: um, I, I, I'm not for starting true freshmen out there day one as quarterbacks, but I am rooting for him to uh, eventually make that starting role. I know, obviously, we go back to the Chris Lick Tebow days, and, and, and you're thinking, well, this is a good at quarterback. Can we kind of use him with birds? On certain plays to to, to get chunk yardage on the on the ground in the run game, um, that's been brought up to me uh, by a bunch of people that listen to our show. Also, I mean, do you do you, do you stick him in there at game one against Miami? Do you let him have some reps? Uh, that's going to be really interesting, just based on the fact that you know the skill set that DJ Lague has pretty much fits more the mold of Billy Napier's system. Uh, but I mean, with Graham Mertz and his production he had last year with a seventy percent completion rating, being very productive. Uh, I think what really is missing from the team is more pieces around that offensive line. I think if Gray Mertz, you know, gets a little bit time, more time in that pocket, I think he could really see him put in some, at least some insane numbers up. I'm not going to say it's going to be Kyle Trask like, but I think that, you know, with, with the way that this offensive line has struggled, especially last year, if, if you can improve that side of the football just a little bit. You may have a good quarterback room and a good one-two punch coming into next season.
0: Look, I won't lie to you, and you're probably going to hear me say this over the next eight months or so, which is sad to say. Um, I just want to see Lagway play. Uh, There's a part of me I don't even care about wins or losses next fall. Just show me Lagway. Give me something to get excited about. Is that fair if I feel that way?
1: No, I mean, no, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I mean, yeah, you, you just put on the tape. You look at what he did at Willis High School, Willis, Texas, there, and, and setting the records: 58 touchdowns, eight interceptions, uh, just over thousands and thousands of passing yards, along with the rushing yards. I mean, it, it, this kid played in six or six A football, which is a pretty difficult uh, region of football to play in. And putting up those types of numbers makes you think: Well, what can he do when he gets to college? What can he do? If, so, say, Merce is struggling in the game or somebody's struggling at quarterback, can he come in there and, you know, and not even really set the world on fire, but can he be productive as a true freshman? And I think that he will. I mean, you go back, you look at his completion rating being over 70%, and it's gradually improved uh, since he's been in high school. I mean, there's nothing but improvement that you see from him. And as I said at the beginning of the show, like, to have all those accolades, all rolled into one um that, that's very rare for just a certain player in particular to have those accolades but somebody at quarterback so uh, i i don't think that's been done in a long time
0: we're here with david soderquist high top sports don't worry we have eight months to talk about it don't worry we do yeah. but <laughs> uh, do you do you like the spring game then where it'll be actual you know there's some juice to it this year when you look at those quarterbacks
1: yeah, that's one of the games I'm particularly excited about. You know, we all go to the spring game just to yeah. kind of, you know, watch the team play each other. It's really not going to give you a tall tale sign of what may happen the next year, but it'll give you an inclination of where players are at. So, I think uh, a lot of the the spring game hype that you get around you know that time is more based on, you know, fans getting together, tailgating, and then kind of seeing where the team is at, trying to get a general idea. But you can't really take much away from the spring game. But if you can, you know, you see what happened last spring game with Mertz and really wasn't that productive in the spring game, but then he came out this year and, you know, he put up good numbers when he was allowed to pass the football when we weren't running the football. So I think that, you know, you don't want to take too much away from those spring games, but at the same time, you know, I I am excited to see some of these new guys like the L.J. McRae, the D.J. Lagways, the Miles Grahams and Aaron Childs, those types of guys, those types of studs that really played well pretty much in their Under Armour games or in their All-American games. So, yeah, those types of games, like the spring game, are are pretty exciting to attend just from that aspect.
0: David, I'm going to put you on the spot. We have still kind of signing day in February, right? But we had early signing day in December. Do you even care about, or does anyone care about, that you still have the February signing day, or does that not even matter anymore?
1: Uh, well, I guess not if you were committed to Alabama, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you didn't sign a letter of intent or anything, like really honestly, and I think somebody laid out a statistic that over 90 to 95% of kids sign in the early signing period. And then you got about 5% of them floating around. Of course you got, uh, probably a little bit more than that, probably not as highly regarded prospects floating around out there, but most of the prospects, especially the ones that are in that top 50, top 100 range, you know, usually do sign. But now there's ones that do hold off to get a better NIL deal elsewhere. They're hold off to, um, you know, talk to some of the coaches to try to make their final decisions there in February. But really mostly a lot of these kids uh, that that do actually decide will be on early signing day, not national signing day. It's kind of the lure is taken up a national signing day a little bit.
0: You bring up Alabama, What were your thoughts last week when we found out Nick Saban is going to retire as the coach there at Bama?
1: It's actually a funny story, Mark. When that that all happened, I was actually in the gym, and I had gotten an alert on my phone. Um, I think it was – I usually save some of these people on my phone that that really report news, breaking news, so I can, like, look at it real quick. And I'm I'm scrolling through there, and I see a a, a Brett McMurphy uh, status that says Nick Saban is retiring. And I'm thinking, okay, well, let me let me check this account to make sure it's not a fake one, right? So click on the account. It's the actual real account. And then I get an ESPN alert right as I'm checking it. And I just couldn't believe it. My jaw dropped. I was like, well, first of all, it really came out of nowhere. I mean, I think he just signed an extension as well, too. And you're just like thinking to yourself, okay, well, where did this come from? And you had rumors out there that says, you know, maybe his wife was sick and that's why he's leaving. But then he went into an ESPN interview. Basically talking about his wife's fine, but he just, he, it got to a point to where he could not, um, give it his full energy at his age, waking up at two in the morning and then, you know, work, work until, I think he said he woke up at six in the morning, wake, working all the way till two in the morning the next day, you know, and, and, and when you're doing that, especially at the age of 71, it does kind of take a toll on your body.
0: Do you feel like Sabin left at the right time, especially with the wild west of NIL and the transfer portal?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that I had to do a lot with it, too. I mean, we've we, we seen the the screenshot of Reggie Bush talking about, well, the NIL and transfer portal. He couldn't, I guess, I, I, he was talking about, I guess, collect all the five stars away from everybody else. It is kind of difficult now, especially with Kirby Smart over there at Georgia. He used to coach there at Alabama, helping him out there. You kind of lose one of your main recruiters there. And then on top of that, NIL comes into the picture, and then now players are – I mean, you're seeing a lot of players now, like right at early signing day, jumping ship. I mean, it happened to us from the number three class to the number sixteen class, just in what one week, Mark. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing that all around college football. I mean, kids that will be committed, or they'll say they're 100% committed, and then come a week before signing day, they'll they'll wind up somewhere else with a better NIL deal, and you know that's just the name of the game now. I mean, a lot of these teams will play cutthroat, last minute kind of stuff, which is pretty. I, I would say it's pretty smart. At the, but at the same time, you know, when you're Nick Saban, you got that lure anyway. You really don't need an NIL to pitch to some of these kids to get them to play. Uh, you know, Saban had the number one class last year with nine five stars in it, so <laughs> I don't think he was really struggling. Um, but you know, I, I think part of it was honestly true what he's saying. I mean, when you, when you get to a certain age, especially in college football. You know, you can't put forth as much energy as you can at fifty or sixty. But when you've gained that much success, do you really need to put that much energy in no. it anymore? <laughs> but um, yeah, I think a little bit of the NIL has gotten to, maybe it gotten to him for a little bit. But I also think some of the some of it was just him just hanging it up and saying, "Look, I've done I've done enough, and I think it's time for somebody else to take over."
0: Who is the wide receiver at Bama that jumped to Texas? Was it Bond? Was that his name? Where he? He's like this. Yeah, is a- Isaiah Bond. Yeah, Isaiah Bond's like, oh, it's it's a business decision. I got to go to Texas. And I, man, should we just stop calling them student athletes? What should we do? We need to
1: call them like free agents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just, I mean like they're literally free agents all year round. I mean, of course they got to finish. I mean, like you could finish your year of of school, but like you could be a free agent the next year and just go anywhere. It's not like the NFL where you sign a contract and you got to stay with the team for a certain amount of years unless the other team wants to buy out the contract. It's more of hey, I'm here, but somebody else offered me a better NIL deal, so now I'm going to go to them.
0: Should there be a limit on how many teams you can play for? Uh,
1: I mean, <laughs> uh, I guess it just depends on certain circumstances. But I, I do, I feel like there should be like some sort of limit or um, rules put on um, as many teams as you can join or transfer. I know that they added a transfer to um, the transfer portal. Like now, you I guess you can transfer twice or uh, now if a, if a head coach leaves, you got a 30-day period to, to leave and go to another school, which I agree with because, you know, a lot of these kids, they, they commit to the coach. They they want to be coached by the football, obviously the football coach, and then he leaves, he up and leaves. Like, that's not fair. Now they got to stay and be coached by somebody that they don't even know. I, I get that part. So I'm okay with the 30-day window you can transfer if your coach leaves, but, um, This the the amount of times they allow them to transfer, it's getting insane. I mean, we're we're seeing kids on their fourth and fifth schools. And, and we, we saw Tagovailoa's brother try to <laughs> apply for like a 60-year so he could play college football again after playing five games and being
0: hurt. No, you're done, bro. I'm sorry. Five years is the <laughs> limit. It's weird. It's like I – mean, we're here with David Soderquist. It's like, okay, you had the starting quarterback at Oklahoma and the starting quarterback of Ohio State – both enter the transfer portal and decide to go play for other teams. So even if you're a marquee franchise of college football, it doesn't matter. We'll leave anyway. So there's there's no loyalty anymore. That's my take. What about you?
1: Yeah, to to an extent. Now I, we did uh, we did interview somebody last night that that committed to Florida last night, Bridges, and uh, he he was he sounded pretty set on being a Florida Gator. He liked the mm-hmm. The school the the atmosphere the, the just, just everything around it like everything is talking to the coaches and you'll hear that a lot from kids but then they go and transfer anyway um you know we don't we don't know half the time a lot changes in there too like a lot of uh kids will leave because maybe it wasn't what they signed up for or wasn't what they thought it was and you know they they do want to go elsewhere which which i'm okay with but The kids that are leaving to go to other schools for just bigger NIL deals, yes, there is no loyalty there whatsoever. It's all about the money. Um, So I I get where some people are kind of like skeptical of kids in in the transfer portal and how it goes. But there's also certain scenarios where kids – I I think it's justified in them transferring. Um, But, you know, you look back in the day. I mean, I've talked to Stephen Harris and some of the other legends at Florida they said, dude, we had no choice. We had to stay. Whether we liked it or not, we had to stay or sit out a year and, and go elsewhere. And you didn't get paid anything when you transferred. <laughs> so, I mean, I could see from their standpoint where they're a little bit frustrated with it. But, uh, you know, I, I think certain scenarios, I, I think in the NCAA needs to allow kids to transfer. But the, the I think the reasoning behind the transfer needs to be valid for them to transfer. If they're going somewhere for a bigger NIL deal, I I don't know, uh, but like if they're going somewhere because their head coach quit, which they give them that, or maybe you know they're not having the they're having a rough time over there, some mental thing, I, just something. I think that the NCAA should be able to appeal them to transfer instead of them having right. just like transferring at will wherever they want to.
0: See, I I'm with you. I go back and forth. I'm all about player empowerment because they need to make money off this because it's ridiculous how much the schools are making. And TV's making – and you and me, you know, everyone's making money but these athletes. So I I like NIL. I do. But it goes back to what we just said, that you're the star receiver at Alabama. And you're like, ah, screw this. I'm going to Texas. I'm going there. Yeah. Uh, what? Like, Bama's not good enough for you? What are you talking about? I. And then it's kind of like, what about loyalty and hard work and persevering through tough times? Is it you're just – is that what we're teaching – Student athletes moving forward, just ah, just just quit and go somewhere else. Whatever. That's the part I don't like in all this. Like you got Yeah,
1: I mean, we we've talked about like certain. It's like uh, like normal people like us. Sorry, there's a fire truck. Yeah no, you're back. right. Uh, but uh, certain people like us, like we'll will will quit a job to go to another job to make more money, which is understandable. That's in the real world when you're just work, working a job, I guess, for a company. Uh, when you're playing for a, a university, a college university, the team and, and, and a coach, and you dedicate your life to that coach, and you tell him, "I promise, I'm not going to go," and then you leave him for more money, yeah, it's kind of disrespectful in a way. Um, but then you look at uh, the fact that we talk about yeah, you know, just nil in in, in general, and, and how these agents will will screw over some of these kids in these contracts, and how sometimes coaches will up and leave, like. A coach oh, yeah. will promise the kid, hey, I'm going to be here forever, and then they leave. So, like, why is it fair that they get to leave, but a kid can't leave if they do either,
0: you know? It's a great conundrum to talk about. It really is. Um, I will end with this. It's a question I ask everyone who covers college football. Will Jim Harbaugh coach Michigan next year?
1: Oh my god, yeah. I, I noticed that uh <laughs> I had a Michigan friend uh, actually message me and and when he had heard the news that he was interviewing for an NFL job, I think it was the Chargers and what was it, the Atlanta Falcons and the Chargers,
0: correct? Yeah. Yeah. It was.
1: Yeah, and, and he was interviewing for jobs and he said, Man, I got so excited that we just won this national championship and usually when you win a national championship recruits will flock. They'll say, Oh, okay, well what do they got going over here? Let me let me go play for Michigan. They're winning, they won a national championship. And they want to play for the coach that won the national championship. Now, if he leaves, then what was the point in even winning a national championship to begin with? (laughs) To win it. He was so excited. And then he's like, now I'm going to lose my coach.
0: That's right. This is very Pete Carroll-esque, where he left USC. That's what it reminds me of. Just, all right, I won. Leave me alone. Now, here come the sanctions, but I won't be there. Whatever. And he's just going to leave. I think he's going to the NFL. I believe it. over
1: but Michigan I mean when you when you combine that with the cheating stuff that they did earlier on in the year you never know what might be coming up
0: yeah but if you're if you're Michigan hey we won the championship okay Uh, whatever I if you're the Gators you'd think the same way hey we won the title all right what do you want um what can we check out with high top sports buddy
1: yeah, high top sports, me, Allie, uh, and, and Shelton, we just did a show last night with, with a the current commit that committed Florida Gators 2025 class. We got more content coming there. We also, you know, check out every Monday with Stephen Harris and Shelton there too. So, uh, coming up with more good content. I should be posting a little bit more content there on high top sports as soon as I get me a new camera, uh, for, you know, my, my, audio setup that i have in there so uh we'll be posting a lot of content here throughout the week and of course you know with the uh you hear rumors of the uh scott strickland the a&m <laughs> that's going on out there right now where everybody's saying you know scott said well i'm not going to take the job or I, I i'm not going to leave florida but he did say i will not leave florida yet or the quote said the word yet at at the end of it so everybody's <laughs> speculating is Scott Strickland or somebody's going to come here, but uh, we'll, we'll be covering that. We'll be covering a lot more things there coming on High Top.
0: David Soderquist, High Top Sports, thank you so much for coming on. Have a great
1: day.